curls, and everything in between that will become relevant later. Welcome to Carl Pooling. Welcome to the Pool of Carl. It is a show about religion, philosophy, science, uh, other stuff, politics, magic tricks, all coming to you live, recorded, pre-recorded, but recorded but live. live. Recorded live by two brothers. From the cab of a moving 2010 Honda Civic, we are right now on the roads. Which road? Mind your own business. Mind your own business. On our way to a destination. Which destination? Now. Mind your own business. That's just stalking. Yeah. That's just stalking. Really? I, as much as I love our audience, I hate our audience. Why? Um, what they do this time? Oh, just, they're all, they burnt down Notre Dame. Oh, that's true. They did do that. They that was really bad of them. They won't calm down. They stalk us. Yeah. Um... Quit burning stuff down, guys. It's been a crazy week, uh, a crazy couple of weeks, crazy news cycle. Yeah. Uh, let's just address this from the start. Uh, there's some big changes in abortion law, specifically in Georgia and Alabama. And did uh, you see Virginia is looking to, uh, Republican leadership in the House is like saying, hey, vote for us, we'll, we'll put in similar abortion laws. Yeah. Like they're running on that campaign. I did see that, um, and that's a lot to talk about. Yes. I'm gonna, I've read uh, many synopses of the laws, as well as listened to some... Synopi. Synopi. Thank you. Synopsises. Yes. As well as, well as uh, listened to some analysis of the laws. I'll tell you what, I haven't had time to do yet. I have not had time to analyze the laws myself and read the text of them. Important. And, and yeah, before we talk about all of the, before we talk about the law specifically, you guys know where we stand on abortion in general. But before we discuss the laws specifically, we want to uh, we want to dive into those actual texts. We we have gotten uh, some requests to um, address those topics specifically. Uh, I think it was Lyle. Yep. Lyle. Don't put out the last name. Oh, I thought for sure that was made up. Ah, uh, well, I mean, it definitely could be, but. Thank you, Lyle, for writing in. I'll I'll edit that. I'll beep it. Okay. Do you want to have our first beep? Yeah, let's definitely do a beep. I honestly thought it was a character from Game of Thrones. Oh, is it? I don't know. I like I I just try I I don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I'm not a nerd, but I do play Magic the Gathering, so I am a nerd. Okay. Um. But but uh, uh cool tidbit. Just a quick fact. Uh-huh. Researchers at Georgia Tech have discovered that... Oh, yeah. We're, that, we're uh, taking a major right turn here. Magic the Gathering is the most complicated game, and it's actually so complicated that it breaks conventional game theory. And you have to redefine game theory. IBM is now trying to build Watson 2.0 to <laughs> beat us in our magic skills. Turn so, 3, Liliana. Pass tick turn. Up, tick up, pass. Yeah. It's a good game. We lost just uh, half our listeners. Yeah, we did. I, th- I felt the subscribers whooshing out of my Oof. ego. <laughs> I also felt my whatever like cool factor I had completely plummet. Don't but... worry, Hunter. It's a short fall. Yeah, I will is. say this. Um, I, I was looking around Facebook, Georgia Facebook, and I realized I was seeing a bunch of hot takes, a bunch of terrible false equivalencies, a bunch yes. of hollow threats and, and empty epithets. And so anyway, I made a post on Facebook that just said, hey, look, guys, I don't, I want to give the left, the pro-choice left, the benefit of the doubt, but all I'm seeing is nonsense. Who wants to actually debate me on this? I gave, I got five responses, told them I would reach out, and um, then I pitched them the idea that we'd record uh, together on Skype on a call or something. We'd have the debate one-on-one, mano y mano or mano y womano, and uh, we would, we would get into it. I had two people so far accept. 
And so they wanted some time to do their research and come prepared, which I'm all for. And so I don't know when we'll have that done, but know that that's coming as well for people that are looking for the analysis on that topic. A little special treat. We're going to have some some uh, no edits, real-time debates. I saw, so Brett Weinstein put out uh, an interesting an interesting couple of tweets on this. I think today or in the last couple of days. kind of depends on when we post this. But um, if you aren't if you don't know who Brett is, he's a scientist who got involved at Evergreen University, where he was a professor at. He got involved in a, in a controversy there where the students basically accused him of racism because he would not, he, along with other white uh, students and faculty, would not leave the um, campus on a day to celebrate uh, the accomplishments of minorities on that campus. Right. And um, because of that, he was hailed as a racist. And, and that was also his kind of birth into the IDW, the quote-unquote intellectual dark web, which is a coin I think he termed after that. Event. No, that was Eric, his brother. Oh, Eric, his yeah. brother. My bad. So, so Eric, that's much. That's a much more Eric thing. <laughs> but, I guess but, so. but Brett. Uh, but, but anyway, Brett. Brett's a really smart dude. He's really he pitches stuff down the middle. Um, his tweet actually was saying like most people when they can speak about abortion in a nuanced manner actually mostly agree and he put out a tweet which i actually mostly agree with which the first line i don't agree with is that um you know at some point in uh, you know from conception to or conception fetus to to baby you know personhood is granted which i obviously don't agree with that and then made the point that you know when a fetus is born it's a baby and we all agree that it should have rights and then at some point there's at some point that's undefined that happens that we all that that event happens but we can't agree but there's no scientific proof of when that happens and so the law arbitrarily sets at a point that it's okay to you know to to stop that life essentially which is essentially right. even george's bill which right. is exactly george's bill yeah, six weeks is entirely arbitrary and i was like i i roughly agree with what you're saying and i think most people do Personally, I don't think that, you know, personally, it's pretty clear where our opinions are at on this, but yeah. it's like, yeah, that's what the law is doing. I yeah. mean, like, that's what I'm trying to say is like, we clearly don't know when that happens. The law is an arbitrary reference point that we as a society say, yep, it's okay to kill that thing that's definitely going to be a person. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you should go look at it. I think you should try and think about this in a nuanced way. And I think you should try and talk to someone about it that does not agree with you and just kind of see where the chips land because, um, I don't support abortion under any circumstances, um, but I'm pretty, I'm pr except for when the mother's life is threatened, but those are, if you do your research, those are extremely, exceptionally, exceptionally rare. extremely rare. Um, and I think... Uh, in, in the third trimester, practically non-existent. Yeah. So. So, um, anyway, you know, there's a bunch of horrible stories about botched abortions to kids that getting pulled out of the womb at five months and not working and then it taking them 10 hours to die on an operating table. Yeah. So it's like... I, I'd put it... I, I, I just want to add this to it. You're saying that we don't know when that point is. I think we do know when that point is. There, so that, that was Brett's tweet. Right. I, I'm not saying... I, I, that's the part I disagree with his tweet, because, obviously. Yeah. But I mostly agree with what he's saying. That's I, what I'm trying to communicate. Yeah. I think that every line you draw after conception is arbitrary Correct. and not only is arbitrary, has analogs with uh, prescient human beings with post-birth human beings yeah. that 
that destroy the fundamental of the argument. As yeah. in, that's a pry bar you can fit underneath of it when you try to put the maximum amount of leverage onto that arbitrary line you ascribe based on whether it be heartbeat or brainwave activity or um, amount of time gestated or position in relation to the vaginal canal. All of these things have analogs for post-birth humans that upend the argument once you apply that pressure. And that is that is kind of Brett's tweet in a nutshell. Is right. like there's no proper way to say, "Yep, life started, game over." You know, you can't you can't touch this one. Right, and well, that's well, that, that's the good part about his tweet. But, um, but the but the other thing is, if it's not conception, the burden of proof is on you to point out where it is. Sure, but so he's saying the law is basically arbitrary, which is totally agree with that. Which is which is a, a great point. Is like that that's exactly what we're doing, and so I think I think uh, you know. I, I think we, we cage stuff just in such a polarizing amount of language. If we really discuss the law in those in that term terms, you know, it puts it it loses it, it, it what we have to agree is we're doing something probably immoral because it's arbitrary. Right. And right. if we're comfortable without immorality because of it, it prevents another type of immorality in our society, that's a conversation to be had. I just I'm of the opinion there isn't a good time for that. You know, and so, but I, but I think that like I would like to have that conversation with people. Yeah. That's a conversation I think that's worth happening. Just saying like everyone who agrees with this way is evil, and everyone who agrees with this way is good, not acceptable in my book. And I, I totally agree with you. And uh, I think I think that's one of the cool things about this uh, episode we have coming is that yeah. that's exactly what's going to happen. So exactly. Um, Sorry, kind of got kind of probably went a little bit deeper in that than we necessarily wanted to, but no, it's I good. think it's good stuff. It's good. Here's the thing to remember truth is out there you can find it if you and another person are seeking truth rather than uh confirmation bias or conforming to your preconceived notions because of whatever sunk cost you've invested in those notions and in those ideas you might find something yeah uh, so i'm i don't know how these debates are going to turn out but uh i think that both the people i'm talking to are well-intentioned and uh, intelligent and so hopefully we'll get somewhere cool all right that being said let's Let's uh, throw it in park. Throw it in reverse. Hunter, okay. give me the <laughs> so, roadkill. In in the same vein. Um, so we do roadkill. It's a segment where we talk about something stupid the left did, and we don't have to anal- overanalyze it because we just drive past it. It's it, already dead. Because it's dumb. Roadkill. Because <laughs> it's very dead. So uh, in the same vein of all this, Alyssa Milano this week tweeted out, uh, on the day we celebrated Christopher's birth, that... Yes. That... Uh, that she, she, she is going on a sex strike until the heartbeat bill in Georgia is repealed, which is fantastic. Wait, Hunter, do you hear that? That's uh, that's everyone crying out in disappointment at the same time to hear Ooh. that Alyssa Milano isn't having sex. Wow, I actually didn't hear anyone though. I, I didn't hear anyone though. Although we did, we sent that banner. We put that banner up. We did. It was flying around the city for for three weeks. Getting yeah, ready for this moment. Getting ready, and nobody, you you failed. Okay, guys, Notre Dame. Now this. I mean, I, wow. Uh, I mean, th- this is so stupid. What it, this means is the men that agree with you are not going to get laid. Like, <laughs> like this is what it means. Hey, it's, it's, hey, guys, we've been telling you that for months. Right. It's absolutely insane. Like, thanks. Here's, and, and she was posting some rhetoric about it. She's like, we as women can hold the entire human race hostage if we don't give up sex. Wait a minute. So you're telling us that right. you have bodily autonomy? Right. Because isn't that what this whole thing is about? Right, exactly. So you're telling us that you are 
a you person can that can make their own decision is under control over what their body does, cool. So if you don't want a kid, maybe use contraception or don't have sex. Right, exactly. If you already have it's control so of simple. your body. It's you, so you've simple. you literally disproven your own point by this uh, insane publicity stunt. Hey, guess what, Alyssa? You're already getting what you wanted because the free love left culture has already created a generation that's having by far less sex right. and, and worse sex than any other generation that's ever existed. Yeah. So keep pursuing your policies of predatory women and, and, and uh, emasculated men and you'll keep having worse and worse and less and less sex and then just come out, don't even hide the ball anymore, just put it out there like, hey, until we enter a world where nobody is responsible for the consequences of any of their actions, let's right. all quit having sex. You know what? Go ahead. We do not need your genes to carry on into the future. The thing that is, like, so crazy about this is what this means is, like, everybody that supports this opinion is not going to have sex if they, if they follow this train. Me and my wife that are completely fine with, you know, you know, we don't support abortion in any sense are just going to keep having a good time. We're, we're just going to keep partying, And we're family. just going to keep having... We're going to be fine. We're going to be totally happy. It's not going to affect me. But this poor guy that is like, you know, who, who's who's dating a girl that really follows Melissa Milano... Who's is, signing up for his third women's studies class because he's, yes. sure, he's sure he's going to get laid this time. He's just like, oh, man. Yeah, you know what? If man. He, uh, guys, and I, I don't... So weird, dude. I don't support uh, necessarily... Having sex before marriage, I don't think it's the best thing for you. No, um, I think I think that, and you know, marriage is marriage is multifaceted. There's legal marriage, there's spiritual marriage, there's different concepts. I don't think the there's two the certificate. The, <laughs> I don't think the certificate from the state does anything for that. Yeah, but I will say, I'll guarantee you this: just as someone who knows how to play the game, if you want to enter into sexual congress with a member of the opposite sex act like a man yes period exactly if, if you want to act like a limp-wristed feminist then go ahead and you'll get you'll Be get dirty looks from the uh the armpit hair growing members of your coven because here's the thing like like it or not we are a, a species of mammal that mates for life it's what's it's what's necessary due to our biology. Yeah, we absolutely require this, and we've talked a lot about this about like the the gestation periods of human beings compared to other mammals and the time, the the high investment cost that there is in having um, uh, the high investment cost that there is in, in having children. We talked about some of that in uh, in the Genesis and yes. Enuma Elish episode. And so, like, there's basically there's basic there's two mating strategies that you can consider for human males. Strategy, the bad strategy, which is still an effective strategy to have offspring, and, is and have, when Hunter said bad, he was winking at me big time. I was not. I was not wife. Bad. I was not wife. The bad strategy that doesn't that that is like I want to reproduce, but I don't necessarily want to handle the consequences of that. Are one night stands, and we see those play out all the time. The guy comes, he leaves the wife, he leaves the kid, and the wife has to take care of the kid. You get to reproduce. There's another thing that occurs, but we all know that's not a good experience for the child. That's terrible on the mother. We all think the guy that does that is the worst. In fact, we actually hate the guy a lot more in that situation and, and than the woman. It actually, and in the long term, you know, we, we mm -hmm. talk about sometimes like Jordan Peterson says, never, never, never sacrifice the ability to win future games to win the current game. Right. By doing that, you're actually decreasing the likelihood that your child will reproduce. Right. And we um, also have, like, and, and, oh, go ahead. And 
that's something that's not arbitrary because you have twice as many female ancestors as your male ancestors do. Effectively, what that means is that um, that for any man that reproduces, they have two children, and for this is on average. And for females that reproduce, they have one. What I'm saying is that men that make it past the mark, past the line for desirability in order to reproduce are fewer than the women that pass that mark. Women do do the sex selection in the human species. So the, the point is that uh, there is a significant number of men that will not reproduce. And uh, that's significant. So that what I'm saying is that uh, if you have a child and you, uh, you know, after a one night stand or something, you abandon the mother, sure, you have propagated your your genes one generation into the future fair enough but if there's not a man in the household that child is more likely to um well there's a cavalcade of things one be homosexual two be transsexual three um three would be uh is, has a higher propensity for crime or antisocial behavior all of these things statistically decrease the likelihood that they'll produce reproduce again so you might be you might be maximizing your chances for a single round of reproduction but you are forfeiting your chances for a future game yeah, and so that's that's exactly the other point is that, you know, when you the other strategy is obvious. When you commit to a one person and you're like, I'm going to have a sexual relationship with this one individual and have children with this with this one person, we're built to do that because the human being once it's birthed, you know, for a long time is uh not capable of doing anything except sitting there and needing support. Like there's a very long time before you can even crawl or hold your body weight. Right. You require constant attention from at least one parent or one person that can take care of you, and, right? And the reason for that is because of the size of our craniums, which you talked about this a little bit before, the gestation right. we, we, period we, we, we for a human should be about two years. Yes. We're, so, we're effectively still... Developing. Developing so, after birth. Right. And so like, so that's the, that's the point is like the most effective strategy for having sex with your partner and your biology kind of works like this even with some select chemicals that 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 occur during sex mm -hmm. for both male and female is the fact that like you want to mate with one person for life because it's the best strategy for your offspring and it actually is chemically the best strategy for you right. too and we can do some of that later but like this this whole entire thing and this whole entire approach that Alyssa Milano is saying is necessary to like Remove abortion is just completely counterintuitive how you are scientifically, biologically known to be. And so just, it's, we live in an ignorant society that chooses to be ignorant because it thinks it's the correct thing to do. But here's the, the bottom line. Alyssa Milano, cheers to you. Because if this prevents the conception of one more child that's going to be raised by a panty-waisted, uh, ex sorry excuse for a dude, then... That should be good. I appreciate what you've done. I appreciate that. Appreciate thank, that. Thank you, Alyssa. So, what's the topic for today, dear brother? Well, this one, there's not really a news cycle that... that well, there definitely is, but we're going to we're gonna skip it and come back to no, it. No, I'm saying that requires this topic. Ah, sure, 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 so sure. So this sure, might sure, not sure, be sure. the most timely, but it's an issue that we haven't talked about yet, and it's an issue that we don't talk about lightly. Yeah. Um, but... It is part of... This is another episode. This is just like abortion from us. I think you know... I think we did a good job of this when we talked about that being like, we are super sensitive to this and anyone that has to go through this experience deserves compassion and mercy for forefront. Absolutely. And I think that's the exact same thing we have when we come to talk about transgender. Transgender, yeah. Um, and the reason it's relevant is because... Um, let, let's... let's 
dissect one thing right off the bat. Right. The transgender activists are not representative of the transgender population. That is 100% correct. And, and so the activists are hijacking yet another identity group where they can make a neo-Marxist postmodernist power differential claim. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's an apparent stark line, and this one's even more postmodernist because it spits in the eye of biology uh, and any kind of relevant scientific fact, and simply says that your identification, your self-described identification, is the fundamental unit by which you should be viewed, and so you can place yourself into this category, sim- not not by any empirical data, simply by uh, at, at worst a whim, and right. then we you can ascribe to yourself the oppression of the mass by your own dictate. Yep. And so the activists are using this as yet another postmodern club with which to assault Western values and Western ideals and the the perceived tyrannical patriarchy. Yeah, so I think it's probably just... I mean, I don't think anybody doesn't know, but just a primer on, on what this is. Um, transgenderism is when you feel like, believe... Uh, think you are want to be defined as the opposite sex of what you were born into the sex you're born into your biology so to speak is your is um would be identified as being cisgendered so if i was born a male and i identify as male then i'm cisgendered if i was born a male and i identify as a female i will identify myself as transgender or as a trans woman in that in that effect Right. Some of the language here can be just slightly confusing too, just because you. Could, I think cisgendered became this word that was never, ever, ever a thing, and then just like a couple of years, kind of just emerged itself into conversations. Um, and it's like, what does that mean? Why am I cisgendered? And I think there's also, if to me, cis sounds is almost sounds a little bit of a negative connota- connotation to it, just like the sound of the word. But it really just means you identify with the gender you're born into. Trans means you don't identify with the gender you were born into. Right. And so th- th- that's that's essentially essentially is there's a group of, and and originally this used to come up like as gender dysmorphia. Dysphoria. And, dysphoria. Excuse me. And that was a genetic condition of feeling this way and. There are several different types of treatments for gender dysphoria, which is, you know, maybe some of that is, you know, working through your mental problems with, you know, how your body is, uh, you know, possibly trying to be more masculine, you know, becoming more comfortable with being an effeminate man, you know, things like that. But one of the, I guess the... Uh, And uh, and let me, let me caveat in here real quick. Sure. Gender dysphoria is, is... There was speculation that it was a it was a genetic condition, but there's really no evidence for that. Correct. It was a, it was a description of a set of symptoms where a person either felt like they were out of place in their body, yes, that they belonged in the body of an opposite sex, or exhibited traits of that were generally typified as the opposite sex, or had feelings uh, that were generally typified as belonging to the opposite sex, um, and people exhibit those traits lots of times without becoming transgendered. Yes. Also important to know transgender in its current instantiation can just mean how you present yourself not necessarily uh having to go undergo any surgeries to actually change the outward appearance of your physical makeup right to become that of a the opposite sex but this is super relevant to the topic 
that is not always the case. There's a lot of people that are pushing for uh, younger and younger children to be taking hormone blockers, mm-hmm. to be taking supplemental hormones of the opposite sex, uh, to basically stunt their own puberty and kickstart a different one, yep. and then uh, going to have an operation, you know, breast implants, breast removal, as well as uh, genital reassignment. Yeah. So, and, uh, which I've watched a genital reassignment surgery. It's not. It's not. I've watched. I have not watched one. I have seen like a cartoon depiction of what happens. It. It is. I mean, it is a pretty intense, gory affair that is completely unnatural. But but it's like. I'm just gonna say one word. Bolt cutters. Yeah. The end. So it, it, it's a pretty. It's a pretty. It's a. It's really stark. It's you know. It's you. you it's it's hard. It, it's just a difficult. It's a difficult, difficult thing. And I think even the pe- here's the thing. Uh, let let me make my one point here. And so like one of the one of the ways that it can be treated is obviously through the surgery. Um, it's it's not a pretty surgery. And I think people that undergo undergo that surgery are very well aware of the cost that it's going to pay on them physically. I, I think. I think so, a lot of them are, and I think a lot of them are lied to. I, think, I will put it that way. I think I think it has to be a mixture because I've definitely seen some people. I, there was an article in the New York Times like, "I'm not happy about getting my transgender uh, reassign or my re- gender reassignment surgery, and that's okay. I still have the right to do it." Yeah, and, and, I, and hey. some people are. It, it's literally just. It, it, here's the thing that I think drives the most compassion for me in this scenario. Imagine being in your skin. And it feeling completely unnatural and incorrect to you to the point that you wanted to genetic that you wanted to physically alter it. Right, right. That, I mean, that's horrible. You, that's, I, that's that's that's. I I don't even. That's like wanting to cut off my arm because it doesn't feel like it should belong. Right. Like, wow. I mean, like I've never had to deal with something that grotesque. So so to be to be exceptionally clear, and then I think we should move on to kind of our issue with the way that the debate the the conversation the debate is currently framed. Mm-hmm. But but the basic tenant is that do adults have the right to do whatever they want absolutely yeah if you're Um, an adult you have you can make whatever choice you want in your life do we hate uh transgendered people absolutely not you're crazy no Uh, transgender people are people just like everyone else's people yep and they uh but they shouldn't vote no i'm just kidding (laughs) but they but they um have all the rights and responsibilities and and what they consent to do to their own body that's fine um yep the, the the activists are at fault for a couple of reasons. One, because and, and not all the activists are trans, and not all the trans are activists. That's, yes, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yes, the activists one are using this issue as a club, like I mentioned, to beat down the perceived Western tyrannical patriarchy, uh, which doesn't exist. And two, they are they are spreading. This I have a pen and everything. I go to club meetings. Uh, Sorry, the, the lapel pen. <laughs> yeah, Hunter, shut up. Shh, shh, shh. Sorry. The Illuminati is not going to be happy with you telling them about the patriarchy meetings. Um, so the uh, the other point is that they are spreading a certain amount of misinformation about the condition of gender dysmorphia, yes. which I think is doing the trans community irreparable harm. Yeah. And so let's get into that maybe for the start. So let's talk about transgenderism by the numbers. Okay. Because here's why it matters. Yeah, this is... Um, yes. There's a transgendered people have a lifetime suicide rate of just around forty percent. We've high. said that on the show it's before. Extremely high. It's extremely high. Guess what? That's and higher than any population in recorded history, save one. 
save one population and that and the claim is the counterclaim is that yes that's because they're bullied that's because we don't take care of them and we don't include them in society okay well the only other group that's exhibited the only other group as besides mentally mentally challenged mentally handicapped people with a condition the only other group that exhibits that kind of suicide rate lifetime attempted suicide rate was Jews in Nazi Germany under the rule of the Third Reich so I don't think that your argument that we bully transgendered people like the Nazis bully Jews really holds water. Yeah, there's no gas chambers that we have for trans people. Yeah, and, and hey, by the, uh, by the, um, like, on the other side of the debate, Der Sturmer didn't publish a, a 20-page article with center fold out and put a Jew on the cover of the magazine. Right, exactly. Uh, not in a glowing light. Yeah. You know? Uh, Nazi radio broadcast didn't didn't tell their story. I mean, to to be fair, you can be celebrated if you're transgender. In fact, uh, Camille Peglia uh, actually, I she's been in a lot of different controversies because she's spoken on this topic. One of the she's actually trans, um, and one of the I think I'm saying I think I'm saying that right. I'm pretty sure she's trans, um, and I'm but I but I could be incorrect, um, but and hopefully. I, but yeah, so she she had this thing where she um, uh, basically uh, was studying rapid onset transgenderism in Canada, and it's exactly what it sounds like. I think it was Canada. It may have been America. Rapid onset gender dysphoria. Right, which basically means is I identify as a um, I am a you're a biological male. Typically, typically it's 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 actually mostly found in girls. That's true. So the girls that are, have slight Aspergers and are kind of pushed away from the group, um, they will they tend to. This is the characteristics of the person that tends to identify as trans. And then what happens is that individual who was kind of ostracized becomes celebrated by her peers because you know you're now trans, which is a slightly almost kind of honorific status today and once that's created um other girls in the class that were either kind of slightly to the fringe as well in the same kind of characteristics now identify as trans maybe a month or so later so basically you're a biological girl you identify as a girl you get exposed to the idea that you could identify as a boy yes and then very quickly you do yeah and then several of your classmates do as well and and it represents itself in higher statistical ratios than the population at large. So it would appear that it's not genetic. Right. And so it, it's it what that tends to tends to say is that there is it's obviously not clear exactly what it means, but one hypothesis that you can take from that is there is a social reward yes. in lower school that like high schools and middle schools that allow that that is created there's an incentive to identifying as trans there is social capital to be gained if you do this especially if you're already low on that totem pole hold on a minute are you saying that identifying as oppressed has some kind of social reward i am Uh, you haven't heard that before on the show have you you haven't okay so 40 percent lifetime suicide rate 
This is important. And I want to be clear, that came from someone that identifies as trans. Right, like, exactly. Someone who supports that group so much they joined it. Right. Like, like you know, and is saying, like, hey, maybe this is an issue we should look into. Right. So, But here's the point. Someone starts exhibiting uh, behaviors of the opposite sex or, or traits of the opposite sex or says that they, you know, I want to wear a skirt to school today, something like this, right? Sure. Do you celebrate that activity? Well, it's an important question because... For one, you're talking about, in that case, like a child, um, and, and this is where I have the, the may, my main issue with the trans activist movement in general. Um, do you celebrate that activity? Well, let's talk about the numbers. 90% of kids exhibit some type of gender dysphoria. For 98% of those kids, it recedes. Yep. Well, the problem is in places like Portland and California, they are continuously lowering the age at which kids can start taking uh, hormone blockers. Yep. And if you start taking hormone blockers when you have your first... Um, before puberty. Before puberty. Or during you, puberty. When you have your first gender dysmorphic behavior, the recidivism rate drops to zero, yeah. effectively. So the idea is that Oh, my kid wanted to wear a, a, a skirt to school today. I'm a woke parent. I'm going to tell all my other uh, typically rich, typically white, typically woke friends how woke I am by putting my kid on hormone blockers. In fact, there was a case uh, a while ago, I believe it was in Portland, where a 12-year-old was being taken away from her parents because they considered it child abuse that their parents refused to provide hormone blockers to the child. Why are we even sexualizing a child, a child at 12 years old? Right. They don't know what sex is. They don't know what they want. They, they've very unlikely that they've ever had an orgasm. Why are we allowing them to make decisions that will affect the rest of their sexual life and the rest of their sexual health? I don't know, but it seems perverse to me. But at any rate, the even even take away the perversion argument, go simply to this argument. Your kid wants to wear a dress to school, you put them on hormone blockers, effectively what you've just done is you've taken from a 98% chance to remove himself from the 40% suicide statistic and locked him in there. Yep. So basically, 98 uh, my, 100 minus 98 is 2, 2 times 40, uh, 2 times 0.40, so you're basically giving your kid about a 0.08% chance to commit suicide. You just went from 0.08 lifetime suicide rate on this axis to a 40% suicide rate, so that's an increase of 39.02%. You're a great parent. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think you're a great parent, and it matters, because if you want to say that... that you know, kids are dying because of your rhetoric. No, kids are dying because of your hormone blockers. Yeah. And, and so it, it, it matters what the activists are doing. It matters about the misinformation that's being shared about this issue. And I don't think we explicitly know perfectly how the biology works here to, to say that, like, hey, you know, if you're a woman and you take away your reproductive rights, and this is something that I get, uh, reproductive rights, take away your reproductive abilities because of the, you know, because of whatever things we change about you biologically you know what what part of you what part of you and what when where does it start that makes you want to be a mother and act like that because you know we observe this throughout women's lifetimes you know it's a something that rises up especially in people that have successful careers as women too is like right. you know around 30 it's like man i want to have children you know and it's like well i can't have children because you know 
maybe I made this decision, you know, and I guess what I'm trying to say is like, we're playing with something that, that clearly has a biological hereditary, you know, years and years historical precedence. And we're just kind of poking our finger around and saying, we're not messing around with anything here. We're doing the right thing for this child. And you're saying, you're saying, talking about the, the desire for motherhood specifically, not here's one of the things about well like are we getting rid of that is the is the really act is the thing to say like maybe just because you want to have hormone blockers when you're 15 doesn't mean that you're not going to want to be a mother someday sure 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 well, and maybe what, maybe what, we haven't stopped that thing that's happening like maybe maybe mother the desire to be a motherhood is something that's implanted from someone with an xx chromosome since their conception right but very very likely could be true it could be true here's yeah. the other thing the i arc- don't think we know anything about that is what i'm trying to say right and and, and i just want to make this point while you're you're talking about genetics specifically. Mm. Transgenderism is a genetic, a genetic um, phenomenon. Well, well, okay. If if we were to consider transgenderism a genetic trait, okay. it would be a genetic trait that would not reproduce at yes. a high rate at all. Absolutely. Uh, same with homosexuality. You know, people say, "Well, I was born this way. These are my genetics." Uh, not. That's not clear. In fact, it's extreme, exceptionally unclear because homosexuality, just like tran- transgenderism, tends to prevent reproduction. So the idea that those it, genes propagated themselves into the future are entirely unlikely. Let's let's put it this way, Christopher. I think it definitely, definitely could be a genetic thing. However, there's a reason why it's such at a low percentage of the human race. Well, well let me put it this way, too. Yeah. We, we actually have no evidence that that's the case. Exactly. We have no evidence that that's the case. And we in don't. fact, based on what we know currently of genetics, we have some evidence that suggests that it's exceptionally unlikely. On the other hand, sure. when you don't have a father in the home, it is more likely for your kid to either be transgendered or homosexual. Mm-hmm. It's, it's far more likely. Yeah. So that would be a nurture rather than nature debate. Yes. Yeah, and look, would. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm saying let's not lie to people. Let's not hide the ball. Yeah. Let's because because here's the thing, if you got a population that has a 40 percent lifetime suicide rate. I want them to have help. I right. want them to get help. Yeah. I don't want society smiling at them, waving as they go by to hell. Yeah, and I don't think I don't know if you said this or not, but that 40 percent lifetime suicide rate is pre Attem- attempted suicide rate. It's a, thank you. Is pre and post op. It's pre. Yes, yeah, so we didn't mention I, that. I, yet. I don't know if we said that, but like so. Here, here's the thing that's important to understand is not only once you're in this bucket, not only are you potential you you're you're your chance to commit suicide went up dramatically, but it's not clear that the transition surgery actually helps. Which is dubious because they they recommend it as a treatment for d- gender dysphoria. And it, what it, what this proves to me is we don't really know what the issue is. We don't clearly know what the cause of it is, and we're very unsure about how to treat it. And yeah. so here here's what yeah. I would here's what I would think is if if there was some type of animal in my house. And I didn't know why I was there, and I didn't know what it was capable of. The last thing I would do was explicitly tell you how to get rid of it, because that would, that's the thing. Like my dumb, uh, that's the thing that like your the, the dumb family member does. It's like, oh, I know how to handle this. I've taken care of these before, and goes in there and hurts themselves, right? Because you know it had rabies, it bit him, or whatever. And so, like my point is, like, it, it, we we should not be playing with something so fundamental to the human experience, yes. such as gender. With, or, or even sex or having an orgasm without without carefully under without carefully taking our time and attempting to understand it and the people that militantly want 
radical change in this in this part of the of the human life and i mean radical like in the sense of like in the last 50 years this is something that we've decided to do is bizarre to me it doesn't make any sense it's it's nonsensical we should approach it with care candor and grace that, that's right I'll, I'll just put it this way if you don't know what the problem is exactly and you don't know how to solve it genital manipulation and genital mutilation probably isn't the first thing we should go to i don't think that's obnoxious i don't think that's unfair yeah uh, and if you if you do that to a kid if you make a if you make a decision like that for a kid I, i'll tell you this and it just it disgusts me i saw a ad online the other day for a for a pair of children's undergarments that was designed so that it would tuck their penis back and give them a fake camel toe it basically give them a fake vagina for for Oof. a child and, and the, uh, the idea that we're sexualizing children is sick, but the idea that we're willing, because we want to trade in for social currency, we're willing to forfeit a child's sexual future, that's nasty. It's disgusting, and it's wrong. Um, and we, we say all this to say, we care about what happens to transgender people. We care about a 40% lifetime suicide rate. That's right. nuts. We want these people to get help. I don't think putting them on the front of our magazines is equitable with putting them in concentration camps, working them till they die, performing experience, experiments on them, cutting ribs out of their body while they're pregnant to see how long they'll survive. Yeah. I don't think that that's equitable. I don't think 40% derives from the same place here. I think these people need help. They're God's children. They're beautiful. They make decisions. I make decisions. Some of my decisions are good. Some of them are bad. Same for them. But at the same time, I don't think you're doing anyone any favors by watching them go to hell in a handbasket and and waving your handkerchief at them while they're on the way there. I think that the activists are willing to cause harm to these people to further their agenda. And their agenda is, is destruction of the West and destruction of our ideals and destruction of the reason, logic, science that made us so powerful. And that is something I won't put up with. I won't put up with that from the activists. I think, yeah, I think the thing that becomes so obvious in this, that this becomes, uh, the, 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 the act, that the, the postmodernism that gets expressed here in this argument becomes clearly obvious and it becomes clearly dubious that you're actually concerned with, like, the lives of uh, people who identify as transgender is because what, what simply happens is logical fallacies quickly erupt between other uh, victimized groups. Right. And the easiest one is like, well, the future is is women from like a pro women's march cohort of people. Well, that's not. Well, the future is women, but it includes some men that identify as trans. Right. So it includes both women and trans men. And it's like, well, right. how does that how does that all break down? And you know, there's been a lot of infighting between feminist and trans right activists on that same point. Like, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that those men who identify as trans women are not women. What I am saying is that, you know, they fight because of that point. You know, they're they're like, you know, feminists do not believe that these air quotes men. Should be given should be given the same rights as air quotes women. Right, and, and it becomes extremely difficult to define those terms. There's nothing feminist about MMA fighter trans MMA fighter Fallon Fox biological male uh, claims to be female breaking the jaws of other women in MMA and winning all the awards and becoming the the champion of all weight classes. Yes, there's nothing feminist about that. Yes, and then and then it, when it comes to um, you know like. Being gay, you know, it's like, well, I was born with this sexuality. It's like, okay, but if I, you know, 
then you have some trans people saying that, you know, they, they can identify as whatever it is and it doesn't matter how, how they were born clearly. And they're like, well, there's a conflict there. And like, so the language around this begins to deteriorate because not all of these ideas can stand up next to each other. Right, exactly. And, and so it needs to, more careful consideration needs to be given to these issues. More careful care, more careful investigation than just saying you're a bad person because you don't agree with this new doctrine. Right. I think I think that's the, probably the, a fine place to leave it. You know, there's a lot sure. more to talk about on this issue. But, yeah, but this but is a good intro. The, the, point, the point of it is this. Once again, the radical left tips their hand and proves that they don't have either the expertise or the will to actually help the people that they pretend to care about. Because if they did, they wouldn't be claiming the same things. Yeah. If they wanted to save more human beings, and especially those who experience a certain amount of gender dysmorphia, they wouldn't be telling them that they're all fine. They would be looking for treatments that work, and looking for help and not pretending like we live in a society that doesn't semi-exalt and semi-glorify them. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't be doing that. We would be trying to find ways to to help these people, and you're not. You're simply using it as another baton to illegitimately beat at the foundations of Western civilization, and that you do at the risk of everyone who's benefited by it, which, by the way, the population, that population is 7 billion. Everybody on planet Earth has benefited from it. I think so. the I think the dead giveaway here is like when certain people will call you bigoted because as a man who's attracted to women you will not be attracted or sleep with a trans woman and it's like what in the world does that even mean to like gay people in that instance right you know and right. it's like I don't even get to pick the genitalia I'm attracted to anymore that that's that's taken away from me I have to just be I have to be attracted to you because you say you're the thing I'm supposed to be attracted to that's uh, that's the the it's postmodernism. Twenty nineteen incels, baby. It is. So anyway, um, we typically don't do this. If you identify as trans, or this has been something you wrestle with, yeah. would you would you please write into us? Because I think I think I think this is. If I could sum up the show in, in just like two points, I think this is it. One, I, I don't think people should be berated um, because they actually truly care about people in this issue but don't agree with the way it's the defined. prescriptions yeah the prescriptions and i think that that's a rough hand to get dealt and i'm and i'm compassionate towards it and i think we need to elevate the conversation around here instead of keeping it at its political baseness and move it forward in a way that actually helps people that suffer in this way. Yeah. There's not a lot of suffering left in the world and this is a clear area that we need to make some improvement in as the human species. Well, well said. If, if, yeah, if you're trans, we want you on the show. I'd love to have a conversation yeah, with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we want, we want nothing but the best for you, which is why the activists using you and using your struggle as a tool really pisses me off. Exactly. Alright. Anyway, that's been Carl Poole. Um, if you uh, want to send us an email, it's carlpulling at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We like to read those on the show. Uh, Lyle, thanks for writing in. Like we said at the beginning, we're getting back to you very shortly. Um, you can find us at Carl Pulling on Twitter and Face or Twitter and Instagram at Chris X Carl for me at Emotional Carl for Hunter. And you can follow the show um, on Facebook at Carl Pulling Podcast and uh, leave us a review on iTunes, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Google Play, maybe SoundCloud coming soon, we'll let you know. At any rate, uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Be looking out for the debates, be looking out for our updates on the abortion episodes, and uh, keep it spicy. All right, everybody, get out of the home. We're in the backseat.